Our sermon today is, you aren't alone in the race. That's our sermon today, and it comes from one of my favorite verses. We continue with the Hebrew series, and so today we are reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and we'll be using our NIV version. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the rest marked out for us. That is Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. This morning we are privileged to have Reverend Kasim with us who will be bringing the word of God to us this morning. And I would welcome us. We pray for him and he takes over. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, again, we are grateful for your servant. Thank you for anointing him this morning to share your word with us. As we listen, Lord, we pray that may you be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen. Amen. Karibu. Thank you very much, uh, Tumishi. And thank you for the Church of Jesus Christ, those that are here, a few of us that are here, and the rest that are out there in your homes. Others are uh, watching from the cars and other places, even some from the prison, others from hospital, but the Lord is watching you, and the Lord is, the Lord is very excited that you can actually uh, tune in and walk with us this morning. Yes, we will discuss, you're not alone, or should I say, do not despair. And we're just looking at one verse, just that one verse, is very much enough. In fact, I realize I don't have enough time to discuss just that one verse. The message, as we have said before, in the epistle to the Hebrews is be confident. That's all. That's the summary of what you will find. All those very many chapters and the verses in Hebrews is about be confident. We have been examining that be confident in your discussions of heaven because we have an apostle of our profession and therefore we are not ashamed. Be confident in your Christian journey because we have an elder brother who is proud of you. All the time, we have an elder brother, a big brother. We are never alone. Be confident in approaching Christ who is compassionate. And even if you have slipped over in this journey, even if you have backslidden, be confident in approaching this very compassionate Savior. Be confident even in your tears because we have a high priest of God's rest. And we have discussed so much about rest that we can actually find rest only in the Lord. Never, 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 never in this life will you find rest in anywhere else except in Christ because money will never take us to rest. Beauty will never take us to rest. You can find rest and be confident even in your tears. And today, don't despair. Keep running, listening to the cloud of witnesses. And we shall understand this morning the writer's cloud of witnesses and the message of cheering of those witnesses. But first, why discuss despair? It's because we seem to live in an age of despair. With strugglers and struggles which have become unbearable in this life. 
And I know that some of you would identify with this statement. We're living in an age of despair. And these struggles have become unbearable. In our marriages, in our places of work, in our career, with our health as well. And some of these struggles are too personal that the person next to you may never understand. That your wife will never understand, your husband will never understand. And there are struggles that are too personal that only Christ may understand. And therefore the spirit of fear and despair has already taken over. He has our itching and running all over looking for explanations of this fear. Explainers are equally very many today. They provide theories of witchcraft and the presence and the power of the devil, thereby causing deeper fear and need to be prayed for or delivered. Of course, all this for a fee. A message of a victory already won is actually necessary for us now. We don't want to hear of those fears and uh, very powerful demons and uh, very, very evil people that are chasing us all over, all over, and we are full of fear. We need a message of victory already won for us. Christ has actually won victory for the believer. We are more than conquerors already and are on our way to a great applause and standing ahead of us. Actually, um, while we run, while we run, even though wounded and weary, there are those who are busy cheering and standing ahead of us. And the writer of Hebrews calls them a cloud of witnesses because they seem to be too many in his mind such that they are actually a cloud. How can we therefore despair when we have so many clouds of witnesses that have gone before us? Let us learn the message that this cloud of witness gives as their testimony cheers us and, they, and also understand the cloud itself. Therefore, those two parts. One, we want to understand the message they bring to us the cloud of witnesses. Number two, the cloud itself. What is it that we're talking about? So first of all, they are witness to us. What is this message the cloud is giving us? First of all, they encompass us or they surround us. This is what the verse has just said. The memory of their faith surrounds our imagination and motivates us. And we shall be dwelling more on that in part two. But as an introduction, the memory of Paul, the memory of Peter and James, the memory of Abraham and Moses, and the memory of the powerful Elijah, that memory already motivates us. The fact that they were mortal like us, the fact that they were actually natural like us, motivates us, and we are saying that we can make it. Just like the political slogan in the past, yes, to now we can make it because they were mortal like us and they made us all. Number one, they surround us with that motivation. Number two, they encourage us to run, the, to run the, the race ourselves because it is my race. It is not just our race, but my race, Abednego's race, your race. God has set a race before us and victory is to be won. Therefore, keep running. I remember of a song. There are victories to be won. There are, there's a race to be run. Give me power every day to be true. There is a race to be run. And there are victories to be won. Therefore, Lord, give me power every day to be true. Because God has said for me a victory. And he 
wants me to win the victory. And therefore, he is calling me to that victory. And he has assembled a cloud of witnesses whose memory motivates me. Therefore, I am being called to run the race myself. This race is very personal because Paul calls it my race. My race, not our race. Number three, they remind us of the unnecessary weight for this race. That sin, they remind us that that sin is heavier than we think. By the way, sin is heavier than we think. The sin of lying, the sin of stealing, it looks very small that you can steal and, uh, and cover your problems and solve your problems, but the weight of sin is actually heavier than we think. The witnesses are telling us, they knew. David, King David, got into sin. He knows what happened. He knows. He never managed to complete the, the, the temple. There are people in the past. Yes, Samson, the great man, Samson, entered into sin. He knows. They are telling us that the, the weight of sin is actually heavier than we think. That they remind us that there are other preferences and habits, uh, habits of, uh, uh, or lifestyle in this life that aren't seen, but are actually entrances in the Christian journey. E.g. impulses. Very weird impulses which are not sinful, but they are hindrances. They are called weights. So there are preferences, there are lifestyles, there are, there are things that we do in this life or we carry, or we are too proud of our own personalities. It's too much anger and say that I'm like my grandfather. But these are things that may not be sinful, but they are hindrances that may actually make us not to get to heaven. That all these weights must be laid aside. And somebody said that some sins can be easily avoided, but not, they are not avoided. He also said some sins are admired, yet they must be laid aside. Even jealousy and envy, and sometimes you like watching other people's clothes, it is covetousness. You covet things without knowing. Even these nice cars that our brothers and sisters and cousins have that you don't have and you're working very hard and looking for a loan and you feel like, be careful. Some of this may be admirable, but they need to be laid aside. Some sins are ensnaring and that's especially very harmful. Some sins are more dangerous than others are. All of them are sin, but the danger of drifting you deeper and not being able to repent, like we said last Sunday, some sins, therefore, have a, a deeper sting than others. Number four, this cloud reminds us about patience. The apostle is running with us. This is what he seems to say because he says, let us run. Because the apostle is not exempt. The pastor is saying, let us run because Abednego is running my own race. It is different from my own wife's race. It is different from the race of my children. It is different from yours. My own race. The pastor is saying, let us run, my beloved ones. Let us not despair. Let us run. The apostle is saying, let us run. Let us run the race. So the patience, endurance is needed in this race if we have to take a long haul. There are those who run for a short while and very soon we hear they backslid. They, they had a sting of the gospel, but the sting is gone. Run the race with endurance, with perseverance, if you have to go a longer mile. Buckley suggests to us that this does not mean the patience which sits down 
and accepts things, but patience which masters those things that we live with. It is a determination. It is unhurrying and yet very under, under undelaying, which goes steadily on and refuses to be deflected. So may God give us power and endurance every day to be true because this is my race. The, the last thing about uh, what they are telling us is they actually envy us. This cloud of witnesses envies us. Did you notice? They tell us that we are in a better position. These glorious patriarchs of faith actually failed to receive the fullness of their promise. And this is the message we find in Hebrews chapter 11. Most of what we are hearing now in verse 1 is actually a follow-up to what we are hearing in chapter 11. We are seeing Samson. We are seeing Daniel. We are seeing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We are seeing Elijah. We are seeing all those kingdoms that they subdued. We are hearing all those things in chapter 11. Patriarchs of faith. They are called lighthouses of faith. They had faith in greater measure. Faith that was than us, than ours. And therefore, verse 1 just reflects on everything that we hear in chapter 11 of Hebrews. And you will realize that the Hebrews tells us, 11 tells us that actually they never, they never received the full fullness of the promise. How? How? Meaning that my brother and my sister, you are in a better position than Elijah, the great prophet of Israel, that Abednego stands today in a better position like than Elijah, that you, my brother, who is backsliding, who is leaping away, who has already left the faith, who is struggling with your sin and you're feeling that you can't make it, actually, even in your sinfulness, you are in a better position than the patriarchs of faith. Oh, I love this. Be why? Because they were never made perfect. Now the promise here is that they were never made perfect. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can make one perfect. They didn't experience the blood of Jesus. The man after God's own heart, David, never came into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. He did all these things. He wrote these Psalms. But he never experienced the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at Elijah, the prophet of fire, the prophet of fire who prays for fire and burns offerings, and he's able to slay 450 prophets of Baal. But he never met the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, because today we have the blood of Jesus Christ which washes us, and then it makes us he makes us brethren. Actually, he calls us. The Bible tells us that Jesus now calls us his brethren. He now he calls us co-heirs of God's promise, but we represent them now. Therefore, without us, they would not be made perfect. Did you consider that? This is what we hear the Bible telling us. That although they were upright, although they were patriarchs and lighthouses of faith, because they never came into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ, then they are not righteous. They are not made perfect because perfection is in the blood. So Abednego and company, Emmanuel and company, Combo and company, all of us who are in the Lord now, those who are in the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed us and also washed the others 
through, because of us. As he died for us, he died for those that came before us. As the blood of Jesus Christ is experienced and taken by us, it is also taken by those. Therefore, they get it as we get it. So this is why the Bible says, without us, then they would not come into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, this is very powerful for me. And part two of the sermon today, don't despair. Now we're getting there as we finish. It is this cloud itself. Can we understand now this cloud? I see four classes. Of, and these four classes are actually acts of faith. And also the being of faith. We see the endurance of faith. And we see the claims of faith. This cloud of witnesses, what is it? Pastor Koti, I know you are here. And the listener, dear listener, you are there. The cloud could stand for angelic watch that we actually seem to enjoy as written in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, to the extent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, we seem to enjoy angelic watch over us believers. And that is also part of the cloud of witnesses because we have angelic watch every day of our lives, wherever we are in town, in, uh, in, our, in our bedrooms, in the sitting room, in our farms, we have angelic watch over our lives. But also this cloud may probably include great men and women of God who have come since those Hebrews that captured in Hebrews chapter 11, the saints known and unknown to history. So the writer does not only remember them, he, he lists a few of them and he knows that there are those that are known and not known. The patriarchs of faith in the early church, we know how the apostles were tortured and were martyred, but we know there are thousands of others who died that have never been recorded. Those are the people of old that had faith in the Lord. These witnesses are not witnessing us. Did you hear that? The witnesses are not witnessing us as we conduct our lives. Instead, they are witnessing to us. I wish you could remember that. These witnesses are not witnessing us. They are actually witnessing to us. They witness to us about faith and endurance. And in all they have lived and experienced, they have this spirit of Matthias. The root of the ancient Greek word here is translated, instead of witnesses, now Matthias. But it was actually Matthias. Now we look at it as witnesses. And what is it? These classes, the classes of the message, as we have said, number one, we are four. Number one, it is the achievement of their faith. Or rather, what faith can do? What can faith do? What can faith accomplish? What can faith achieve? This is what they, they achieve. So through faith in chapter, chapter 11, through faith they conquered kingdoms. Like David and Joshua, we have also kingdoms to conquer. In this life, my brothers and sisters, we have kingdoms to conquer. We we are born and created and we have come to the Lord and we have a calling to conquer kingdoms. There are kingdoms that have been occupied. There are lands that have been occupied. There are high places even in government, in places in companies. The kingdoms that have, uh, that have been possessed, we must conquer. They conquered kingdoms. 
They, one of the other achievements is that they stopped the mouths of lions. That's what Hebrews 11 is telling us. They stopped the mouths of lions and they satisfied the dust of fire. You remember Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? They actually stopped the mouths of lions and they satisfied the, fire, the desire and the thirst of fire. Their faith achieved deliverance from danger. The danger of exile. When they were there, their, their, faith, their faith delivered deliverance. They, they, and, and, and about three things are, are captured here. The, the beasts of the land. The fire and worries and conflicts of this life. And also the swords of evil men. The jealousy, the envy, the plans, evil plans of evil men. Because it is true, they hunt us every day. People are jealous of us every day. Even relatives and cousins. But the sword of evil men, because of faith, through faith, they were able to receive their deliverance. Number three, they turned armies of aliens into, into flight. We remember Elijah. We remember Elijah and Elisha. We remember how armies who were chasing them, they were delivered to them in a very miraculous way. Yes, yes, they turned armies of aliens into flight. They ran without being fought. We have a mighty warrior who fights for us, my dear one. If we believe and remain unshaken, yes, these things will come. Yes, battles will come, but someone is required to remain unshaken so that through faith you receive your deliverance. Number two, the character which builds faith. What faith therefore can do? What can faith do? We have talked about what faith can do, but what can faith be? So this time we talk about the character which builds faith. Or the, the, the character which actually faith builds. That through faith you build a character so that you become. So through faith they remain righteous. And you remember Daniel and his accusers of worshipping God. And you remember how God defended him. And by faith they remain strong in the Lord. And in the long wait like Sarah who became a mother of the seed of a promise. Remember Sarah through faith. She waited for long. By faith, she waited for long. And she received and she became the mother of a seed of a promise. This is what character builds. Resilience, strength. And there are people who have actually been blessed. And they are wondering, how are these people who have not yet been blessed with wealth? How are they surviving? Sometimes we live in houses. And uh, when you visit up another brother or sister, you look at a place where that person is and you can never tell how they wake up on Sunday. They put on very nice clothes and they are very busy praising the Lord. And you remember, you remember where you've come from. You cannot understand. It is faith that brings endurance. It builds a character that someone says, this is nothing. Things of this world, this is nothing. One of the days the Lord shall transform because God changes, uh, transforms men messes into messages. Character is built through faith. They renewed themselves like Samson. Even in his backsliding, he received the last strength. Therefore, faith, the character which faith builds, we see in some of these people. Number three, the conquests or sufferings of faith. 
What faith can endure? We've just discussed one faith, what faith can do. We've discussed what faith can be. Now we're discussing what faith can actually endure. The final power of faith manifests itself in the hour of trial. And I think you can identify with this. Through that hour of trial and pain, for the final power of faith is actually manifested. And this is very true. By faith, our patriarchs endured pain. They actually endured shame. They endured persecution, and they actually triumphed. With Christ in my boat, I can smile at the storms as we go sailing home. I remember a song, and I treasured it very much. During a very trying moment, I sang that song. With Christ in my boat, I can smile at the storms as I go sailing home. Sailing, sailing home. I can go sailing home with Christ in my boat because faith gives me strength. The last thing is the, prov the promise or the providence, the provi uh, the, the prov actually the providence of faith. And, the, and we realize that um, the Bible says in, uh, again in uh, chapter 11, the blessings which faith can claim from God. Through faith, the patriarchs obtained promises and received blessings. That is high, the highest level of faith, being able to receive uh, blessings from God. It's more important what we can take from the Lord than what we can do what we can be, and actually what we can give. What we receive from God. You might be very busy there doing so much for the Lord. This is about what you do. You have become a great man. You have become very visible. But the most important thing is what you can receive from the Lord. So they received the promise of faith. Faith takes as much from God, even as much as we can claim. The the extent to which faith can stretch is the extent to which it can receive blessings from the Lord. How much is your faith? Through faith, the patriarchs have obtained promises and received blessings. And therefore, faith takes as much from the Lord as much as it dares claim. In conclusion, in high school, national competition, I fell and I was wounded. That was national. I had won the district, the, the division, and I was representing uh, Eastern Province at the national level in long races those days. Not too many of them, of course. But then I fell. So we fell, somebody fell, and all of us fell. And only about nine remained in front. Everybody who fell, we were bruised. I realized that I had blood that was coming from my knee. But I heard a cloud of shearers shouting, curse him, curse him, curse him. At one point, I thought they were talking about cursing someone. And I realized they were actually shouting my name, curse him. I woke up and with some blood and dust and pain, when nobody dared continue, with the rest too far away, my listener, I picked up the race and actually ran. I ran never to become, to become any, 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 any good position. I never received any award. But finally, I reached the finishing line. I didn't disappoint my cheerers. Do you know what happened? I was, I think, probably number 15, but I was the last one 
because I was trying to catch up. I ran, and every time I overcame, I reached the, the next one, they withdrew and they went. Then I, I, I was last again, number 14 last. I ran, I was number 13 last because 13, when they realized nobody else, they despaired and they went. I was number 12. I was number 11. All the way I finished at number 4, but last. It is recorded that Abednego Kasim finished last. In the national records of Kenya in that year, which I don't want to tell you. But the good thing is that I finished. And my name is there. Those who feared their names never, never featured anywhere. Probably you. But I did. Stand up with your wounds. Even in your backslidings. And from your despair. Run your personal race. You aren't alone. We have a cloud of witnesses standing out for us. It's too motivating for us to fall into the entrapment of despair. May the Lord watch over us. May the Lord guide us through all these things because he's a mighty God. We want to thank you again for your resilience. Those are very many minutes, a lot of money. A lot of money that you have invested in your airtime. We want to thank you so very much. But before we pray, and now may you lift your hands if you, if you wish that I can say a final benedict, uh, to you, benediction to you. May the Lord strengthen you, child of God, today. May the Lord even favor you on Monday. May you be called the favored. I don't know what that means to you, but may the future tell you what it means to be favored on Monday, this coming Monday. May the Lord hold your firm hand on Tuesday. Yes, because your hand may be weak, may the Lord strengthen your hand. I don't know what that means, but may we receive a testimony one day that truly on Tuesday the Lord held your hand very firmly. May the Lord give you a song on Wednesday. I don't know why I must say this prophetically to you, but may the Lord give you a song on Wednesday, a song of victory, whatever circumstances will be. May the Lord give you a song. On Thursday, may the Lord give you joy. A lot of joy. May he replace joys of sorrow to a joy joy of uh, gratitude and, and thanksgiving. And on Friday, may the Lord fight for you because he's a great warrior. He fought for Daniel. He fought for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. May that God who never changes fight for you. May you be called more than a conqueror because we have a warrior who fights for us. May the Lord walk with you on Saturday because you'll be too tired. May the Lord carry you through those valleys that you cannot handle on, Friday, on Saturday. And may the Lord renew your strength even on Sunday that if you are whole, if, if you're going to church. May the Lord give you the strength to get there. If you are not able to go, may the Lord give you good health to tune into a service and continue to worship him. May you be blessed. May you remain strong, child of God. May you be an overcomer. May you never despair. May you run the race, even with your wounds and blood and dust. May the Lord strengthen you. You will run the race before us, and we shall make it. We shall make it because of Christ, because we can do all those things through Christ who strengthens us. Now this is yours. In the name of God, who is the Father, and who is the Son, and who is the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. It is well with you. It is well.